Welcome to Arise Christian Radio AM 1380. This is John Taylor Noche, a servant of God, coming to you with the word of God. We thank God that God has given us another opportunity. I'm excited for what I want to share. Uh, but before we get into anything, I just want to take a moment to thank the Lord Almighty for uh, the privilege to come to the people of God with his word. I also want to thank all our partners all over Canada and over the nations of the world, those that believe in our ministry, to see the word of God go far and wide. Uh, we want to say that God bless everyone in the name of Jesus. Whatever you are doing for the kingdom of God shall surely be rewarded by our Father. Thank you all. And thank you to all our listeners. If you are hearing me for the first time, I'm new at Arise, but we believe that for the next coming of months and days, we will be able to establish something great, especially through the word of the Lord. So I want to pray. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We bless you for this moment that your servant John is coming to the people of God. I pray that you speak to every heart. Grant us understanding heart in Jesus' name. Speak to us, O God, that, Lord, your word will equip us. Your word will impact our mind and our spirit, O God, that your people will bear fruit, good fruit, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. This afternoon, we want to discuss uh, discerning the signs of the times. All of us can see what is happening in the world. Whether you believe that we are in the end times or not, what is around us uh, is telling us a lot. When we hear of the wars, when we are watching it, we are seeing it, we are seeing the atrocities, we are seeing the sufferings in different parts of the world, we are seeing the persecutions, we are seeing all these things taking place. Many people are in despair, many people want answers, many people ask, if where is God? What did God's word say about these times? What should we do? What shall we be doing these times? This is why we want to hear what God has said concerning these days. We understand that the end times began from the days of the apostles. Because in the book of Acts, the spirit of the Lord came upon the disciples and the apostles in the upper room. Peter stood up and he began to preach speaking in tongues and prophesying and the people heard them and they thought that they were drunk men. Peter stood up and he began to preach the word of God. He began to give a defense. He began to tell them that they are not drunk men or drunk people as they suppose. But this was what the prophet Joel said in Joel 2, uh, 28. In the latter days, the Lord will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men and your maidens will see visions and then the old will dream dreams. So Peter began to give a teaching, a sermon concerning what the prophet has said. So if Peter said that prophet said in the last days, he, God will pour his spirit and they began, they received the spirit. So the end times began from their time till this time. But Jesus gave a lot of signs from the time of Peter to our days now since they are all part of the end time. But I want to discuss with you two signs that's important to our generation. When you read those two signs, 
no one will convince you that we are that generation that will see the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's very important for Christians to believe what is written. If you are a believer, your foundation is on the word of God, then you need to believe what is written. You need to believe because that is how our faith is founded on, upon the truth of his word. So I want to get into the word, read a couple of scriptures to you so that we can start, we can discuss, or I can share with you from the word of God, what God will say in these days, how we can discern the signs of the times. In the book of Matthew chapter 24, there was a profound conversation between the disciples of Jesus Christ and our Lord himself. In Matthew, uh, this particular chapter, they came to Jesus. Uh, when Jesus was alone and quiet somewhere, after perhaps he had preached to several people or thousands or ten thousands of people, they came to Jesus Christ to ask him something. And when they came to ask him, it was not a public place they came to ask Jesus, but privately. So I want to read from Matthew chapter 24, and I'll read from verse 1 to 3, so that you understand that whole Matthew chapter 24, uh, which group of people was Jesus addressing, or which people were Jesus speaking to? Was it for the whole multitude that will come and follow him and hear the word of God, some of them didn't believe. Some of them were there to challenge him. Some of them were there, uh, they wanted to arrest him. Some of them to ridicule him. Or was he speaking to his, his disciples who really believed and followed him? So Matthew chapter 24, verse 1. The Bible says, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Verse 3. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? When I stop here for a sec and you read it again, you will see that the disciples approached Jesus privately when he was seated on Mount Olives. So it was not for the uh, entire crowd that would follow him everywhere. So then Jesus also commanded his disciples, the 12, that in Matthew chapter 28, the last verses, he says, go into the world, all the nations of the world, and preach the word of God to them and command them to observe everything that I have taught you. It is also in Mark chapter 16, verse 16. This statement is there. Go into the world and preach the gospel to all nations, baptize them in my name, and teach them to observe everything I have taught you. So if Jesus taught his disciples privately and gave them this teaching, these signs to expect before he comes, then it is also for us who have now come to believe the gospel and believed in our Lord and Savior Jesus. It is also for us because whatever was given to them is what they have given to us. And now we have it in the scripture of truth, which is the word of God. So 
when we say that when the church is raptured, it's not true because Jesus was not speaking to the, the public. He was speaking to his private disciples. And these were people who walked with him. So when the disciples experienced persecutions, when they were killed for their testimony of Jesus Christ, they were already told before. Most of the time, Jesus would tell them, I am telling you these things before they happen. So when they happen, you believe that I am he. I'm the son of God. So he told them these things before they, some of this them happened to them. If you are a historian, if you know a little bit about Christian history, uh, you will know that the early church, a lot of them were persecuted. They were killed for their faith in Christ Jesus. We know also, uh, some call it the Dark Ages and all of that, the first century Christians and all, all those people, they suffered. They were persecuted. They were killed by uh, beasts, leopards, uh, tigers, and they were brought into the Colosseum. They suffered for the, for the faith that they belonged and they believed. So this Matthew chapter 24, Jesus was speaking to all of us who believe in him, who have faith in him. Now, having established that this was a private conversation and it was for his disciples. I want us to uh, just scan through some of the things Jesus said, and I will come to one of the signs Jesus talked about. So Jesus talked about that many will come in my name. If you continue to read from the verse 4 to some, uh, a point, Jesus talked about, he says, many will come in my name and they will say that I am the Christ and deceive many. For you hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled, for these things must come to pass. He talks about nation rise against nation, kingdoms against kingdoms. Uh, there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. And then verse 8, he says, all these are beginning of sorrows. And then they will betray you. Uh, you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Many will be offended. They will be offended for what? Because of Jesus, they will be offended. Um, they will betray one another. They will hate one another. False uh, prophets will rise and deceive many. Lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. And he went on and went on. He, he spoke about the abomination that causes desolation. Uh, that is, uh, Daniel wrote, Daniel spoke about it. And then he came to a place. Uh, verse 32. One of the signs I want to talk to you about is in the verse 32 of Matthew chapter 24. If you, are, if you are just tuning in to join us, uh, you are listening to Prophet John Taylor Anoche. Um, you will find me on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. You can follow us. I'm the pastor of World Wide Word Ministries located in Ancaster in Ontario. We are talking about discerning the signs of the times. And we are reading Matthew chapter 24. Now, I want to talk, I want to speak from Matthew chapter 24 verse 32. Now, after Jesus spoke all these um, things to his disciples, he said something here. In the verse 32, he said, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. As surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. So he was talking about 
end times. He was talking about signs to uh, expect, signs that precede his coming. But all of a sudden, he introduces a parable. And this parable was a parable of a tree, a, a, a fruit tree, and the tree is a fig tree. What does the fig has to do with the end time uh, teaching that he was teaching the people? What does the fig tree play uh, in these end times? Why did he bring the parable into it as he was giving them understanding or sharing with them the things to expect before he comes? Theologians and scholars and many Christians and pastors will all agree that the symbol of the fig tree is Israel. So when Jesus spoke about the fig tree, he was telling them that something will happen to Israel or Jerusalem or Judah, wherever he, uh, he was at that time. He was telling them that something will happen to the fig tree and the fig tree will grow again. And when it grows again, it will begin to put forth its branches and leaves will come on it and it will, it will become fruitful. So he says, when you see the fig tree and it put forth its branches and its uh, leaves are coming on and it's budding and all of that, know that summer is near. So the fig tree is Israel. The reason why Jesus perhaps said that when you see the fig tree or the parable of the fig tree, the reason why he said that was because already in the book of Luke, Chapter 21, I will read something for you quickly. Luke chapter 21, when you read from verse 20, Jesus, also talking about the signs of the end times, he said something to the people of Israel or the, the people in Judah and Jerusalem at that time. I will read from Luke chapter 21, verse 20. He says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. And let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon these people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of Gentiles are fulfilled. So in the verse 24 of this scripture that I just read, Luke 21, you hear that Jesus is saying that Jerusalem will suffer. The people there will be crushed. And when they are crushed, they will be crushed by an army. Something will happen to them. And they will be led captive to all nations of the world. All nations of the world. That means they will be scattered to the nations of the world. This is what happened to Jerusalem and the people of Judah in 70 AD. 70 AD. When the Romans marched to Jerusalem to destroy them. They, they destroyed their temple. They destroyed their city. They burned people. They killed, slaughtered people. And the rest of them who could escape, escape to the nations of the world. So in a way, the land ceased to be a nation. They were scattered to the nations of the world. Matthew 24, when Jesus is talking about the parable of the fig tree, he told them already that you guys will be destroyed. But then the parable, the meaning of the parable is that Israel shall become a nation again. 
they shall become a people again. So in 1948, when Israel declared themselves as independent, that was the beginning of the fulfillment of the sign of the parable. The beginning of the fulfillment of the fig tree parable that they have become a nation again. Remember, when they were scattered to all the nations of the world, they ceased to be a nation. They were everywhere. We know they went in Europe, some went in Africa, some went in Asia. They went to the nations of the world everywhere. But then, 1948, they, they started coming together. And there is a beautiful prophecy that I can, uh, it, will, it will not do justice to what I'm speaking about. If I don't show you that prophecy, you'll be amazed if you don't already know that prophecy. And that prophecy is in the book of Ezekiel uh, chapter 37. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 37. And how this prophecy of Israel becoming a nation again and coming together. Um, when I read this to you, you'll be, you'll be amazed. You will love God more. You will love to understand the books of the prophet more. You see, in the time of our Lord Jesus Christ, Israel existed as two kingdoms, two nations in the map, in the whole land of Israel, because from the, in the time of Solomon's son, you know, uh, Solomon, when Solomon sinned against God, God promised to take the kingdom away from him. He gave Solomon and his descendant to one because of the promise he made to David the king. So Solomon's son, Rehoboam, who sinned, uh, God took away the kingdom from his hands and gave a ten or ten parts of the tribes to Jeroboam. So Jeroboam was from the tribe of uh, Ephraim. So God gave him part of the kingdom. So David's descendant, the descendant of David, had one kingdom, and that was Judah, which was the southern kingdom. So the uh, the kingdom was divided into two. So there was the northern kingdom, which uh, whose capital was called Samaria, and then the southern kingdom, which is Judah, and their capital was called Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was where the temple was, you know, at that time. So Jeroboam, who became the king, the first king of the northern kingdom, led Israel astray. He brought idols, and the northern kingdom gave themselves to idolatry. They sinned against God. After Jeroboam, other kings came. They continued to sin. They continued to pervert the ways of God. And God scattered them by, by the hands of the Assyrian king. So the northern kingdom were scattered. And then they brought foreigners to live in the northern kingdom. So when Jesus came at that time, in the days of Jesus, the Samaritans, the reason why the, the Jewish people referred them as dogs were because they were foreigners who had come to inhabit the lands that belonged to their brethren who had been scattered to the nations of the world. So uh, they were not really true uh, Israelites. Some of them had mingled with the some of them who stayed there or who migrated to the northern kingdom later. The foreigners mixed with them. So the Jewish people or the people of Judah did not really consider them as part of their brethren, as part of the tribes. So in the time of Jesus, this land of Israel were divided into two kingdoms still, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. So now in 70 AD, when the Romans, the Roman Empire scattered Judah, it means that the northern kingdom were scattered. Now the southern kingdom is also scattered. So Israel in totality have been scattered to the nations of the world. But there was a promise. There was a promise that 
a time is coming where these two nations, these two kingdoms will not be two kingdoms anymore. They will not be two nations anymore. The prophet prophesied it. And so in 1948, what happened on earth was a prophecy being fulfilled right before the eyes of a people. Now, let me read Ezekiel chapter 37 so you understand uh, what I'm saying. Ezekiel chapter 37. I will read from verse 15. Okay. Ezekiel 37 verse 15. The Bible says, Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, As for you, son of man, take a stick for yourself and write on it. For Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Then take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. So remember, I said when the kingdom was divided into two, one went to Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon who, had, who was ruling after Solomon died. And Jeroboam was an Ephraimite. He was the descendant of Joseph. Joseph. Okay, so God was telling the prophet to do to a direction. And a direction is take one stick for the house of Judah and take one stick for the house of Joseph. Because now the kingdom is divided into Joseph and Judah. And do something with it. Let's see what God said. And in verse 17, he says, Then join them one to another for yourself into one stick, and they will become one in your hand. And when the children of your people speak to you, saying, Will you not show us what you mean by this? Say to them, Thus hears the Lord God. Surely I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his companions, and I will join them with it, with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they will be one in my hand. So this is the direction that the prophet Ezekiel was to do. But there is an interpretation of it. There is an interpretation. And I want us to hear the interpretation. I don't want to say it. I want the scriptures to tell us. Now, this is the interpretation. And the sticks, verse 20, and the sticks on which you write will be in your hand before their eyes. Verse 21. Then say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations Wherever they have gone, I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land, on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king over them. Or they shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into two kingdoms again. So you hear that when God says that when, when the fig tree is planted again, or when the fig tree begins to grow again, God says it's not going to be two kingdoms. Israel is not going to be divided into the north and the south anymore, uh, but it is going to be one nation. They, they are not going to be two different governments because in the days of uh, uh, when the kingdom was divided, we see Ahab as a king on the north. Ahab and Jezebel, they were kings of the northern kingdom 
Okay, and then we have on the south, we have Judah and we have Jehoshaphat, we have Josiah and the rest of the kings who's, who pleased God, Hezekiah. These are, were all kings of the south. But on the north, we have Jeroboam, we have uh, Ahab and Ahab's son and all those who ruled. So the kingdom was divided. But God says, when I bring you back, you are going to become one nation, one nation before me. And when you are one nation, then you have to be ruled by one leader. Now, let's hear if God said that. Verse 23, they shall not defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned and will cleanse them. They shall be my people and I will be their God. The Bible says, David, my servant, shall be king over them and they shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgment and observe my statutes and do them. So God already said in the verse 22 that when I bring them back, one king, one leader shall lead that nation of Israel and brothers and sisters in the Lord. This prophecy, when it was fulfilled in 1948, Israel becoming a nation, they had one leader. They didn't have anything like uh, the northern kingdom again and the southern kingdom. They became Israel. To fulfill the prophecy, the Spirit spoke through Ezekiel in Ezekiel 37 and other part of Scripture anyways. But this one is very profound because God made the prophet to demonstrate how he will bring them from all nations where they have been scattered and bring them to the land. And then they will become one nation. So you and I, we are seeing that sign, the sign that when you see it, it tells you that Jesus is indeed at the... He said in Matthew 24, when you see the fig tree blossom or putting forth leaves, then know that summer is near. And even at the door. So it's been about 70-something years since Israel became a nation. And the tree Jesus used to speak to us is a fig tree. Naturally, when you look at a fig tree, depending on the species or the, what kind of fig tree it is, it is believed that it takes about three to five years to be fruitful. So when Israel becomes a nation, God says that it will take a while for the branches to mature and begin to bear fruit. What does that mean? And what that, why did he link it to the summer? What is summer? I would come to the summer in a second. But let's finish with the, uh, the branch. Okay. So when it, become, it becomes mature, then it bears fruit. Remember, in uh, John chapter 15, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he who, he who remains in me will bear fruit. So the fig tree bearing fruit means that people have believed in Jesus Christ. Now people in Israel are believing in Jesus. They have given themselves to our Lord and Savior Jesus. They are trusting in him and uh, they are serving him. There is an activity of uh, evangelism going on there. The works of the Spirit are being done there. And as I am talking now, we are seeing that in the, in the nation of Israel. We have many people who are believing, the, uh, believing in Jesus and many people who are going on the streets and the cities of Israel preaching the gospel and winning their brethren to Christ. That is the branches bearing fruit. And Jesus said, when you see the branch become tender and, bear, uh, and, and put forth leaves, know that summer is near. What is summer? Summer is a time of harvest. 
It's a time where we gather the fruits of the earth. So the figs will be gathered, the grapes which are usually gathered at the end of the summer, and they make wine out of it. So when he says summer is near, summer is the time of joy, time of happiness, time of gathering, gathering the precious fruit from the earth. In the book of James 5, I believe the Bible says that even the farmer wait for the precious rain from the heavens, right? Uh, the former and the latter rain before he gathers the precious fruit from the earth. So even the farmer who is God, he, he spoke about, I will bring a former rain and I'll bring a latter rain and then I will gather the precious fruit from the earth. When you read the book of Matthew chapter 13, the parable that Jesus gave concerning sowing the good seed and the devil sowing the, the tares, when his servant, the servant of Jesus, went to the master and said, Master, didn't you plant good seed? Why do we see tares now growing? Should we go and uproot all of them? What was the response of the master? He said, no, don't uproot them. Because by uprooting them, you might uproot the good ones. Wait. Let them grow together. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, go and reap. Gather the tares into one side and the good ones into one side. In the book of John chapter 4, verse 35 and 36, this is what Jesus said. He says, do you not say that there is still four months, then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages, and he who gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. So the time of harvest is a time of what? Gathering. And then afterward, there is rejoicing that will be done. So Jesus was telling us that when you see the summer, which is the time of the gathering of the summer fruits, they have threshed the wheat and they have separated the grains from the chaff. Now they have the wine, wine being prepared, and then the grains are ready to make their food. And then there is a rejoicing, the grains and the wine and the oil already. That is a time of rejoicing, time of refreshing. So Jesus was telling us that when you see this and know that my coming, Jesus Christ, is at the door. When you see Israel becoming to bear fruit, know that my coming is at the door. So this is one of the signs Jesus gave to us. And there are many, many other scriptures I can get into. I will give you a few scriptures. And then if you want to hear more, if you want to understand more, you can send us a message. Come visit us on our website, World Wide Word Ministries. You can find me on Facebook, Prophet John Taylor Noche. I have several teachings on these things on there. You can join our broadcast on Tuesdays and also on Saturdays. Now, I want to give you the second sign. The second sign that Jesus said. Jeremiah chapter 40, verse 12. Uh, when Jeremiah had prophesied and the people of Judah had been taken to captivity in Babylon. There were some people who remained there. They were the poor, the needy. Some people were just, the, the Babylonians didn't want them. So they stayed there. And in the verse 12, then all the Jews returned out of all places where they had been driven and came to the land of Judah. 
and gathered wine and summer fruit in abundance. So the gathering of summer fruit it happens in the summer. That is why it's called summer fruit. So Jesus said, when you see the fig tree blossom, know that summer is near. And the summer, he likened it to his coming. In the book of Daniel chapter 2, verse 35, the vision or the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, which Daniel interpreted, uh, verse 35 says, Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were broken and crushed together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. So it also tells us that in the time that they thresh wheat is the summer. So when they harvest it, it goes through threshing in the summertime. And it continues like this. And the wind carried them away so that no trace of them could be found. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain or rock and filled the whole earth. That is Christ and his kingdom. In the book of Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 to 8, God was speaking to us to go learn from the ant, learn the ways of the ant. If we are lazy, sluggard, learn from the ways of the ant. And it says that the ant provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So in the time of harvest, there is a gathering. So in Matthew chapter 13, when Jesus talked about gathering a people, gathering the wheat and separating chaff, it is the time of summer. That is where we gather wheat and we make sure the wheat dries. So the wheat, when it dries nicely, we put it on the threshing floors and then they thresh it in order to get the grains. So that is one of the signs Jesus gave to us. And it is amazing that you and I, we are living and we are witnessing the Jews coming to Christ. A lot of them have listened to several videos, YouTube videos and there are some of their conversions, how people share their conversions. They told us that they be, some of them believe that Christianity was uh, Catholic. It's, from the, it's, a, it's a Catholic thing. They, do, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. Some even believe that uh, Hitler was a Catholic. So they didn't want to believe that. Not all of them, but I've heard some of the conversion uh, stories uh, or testimonies of some of the Jews. And these are some of the things that they perceived. They thought Christianity was all about. So... To see that Jerusalem and the cities of Israel, there are churches there and a lot of people, the Jewish people are sharing the gospel. They are going through their streets, fulfilling what was written in Matthew chapter 10. And Jesus told them that you shall not have gone through all the cities of Israel till the Son of Man comes. It should tell you and I that we are witnessing something profound. Something the prophet of old and the godly men of old had wished to see and live in these days. We are the generation. As I said earlier, Jesus spoke several things about the end times, what will happen, different things that will happen. We've seen wars, we've seen famines, we've seen earthquakes. We have seen all these things happen. We, in our days, is deception to the highest. A lot of people being deceived. People are living the Christian faith. They are offended because of Jesus. All these things Jesus spoke about about them and we are seeing them happen but this particular one is very profound even how they will become one nation again they will not become two kingdoms so if somebody says that the scripture is not true the bible is not true you cannot trust it tell them i have seen what was written in ezekiel 37 i've seen what jesus spoke about i've seen what the other prophet daniel spoke about and we are seeing their fulfillment 
the word of God is the truth. Now, I want to get into the second one, the second sign uh, which our Lord Jesus gave to us. The second sign, Matthew chapter 24, it says, And this gospel shall be preached unto all nations, then the end will come, the end of the age, not the end of the world. The end of the world will come later, but the end of the age, the age where we, which we have been given to witness to people, to draw many people to Christ, to be saved, to be made ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. That age will end where we'll be taken and we will spend a time, a thousand years in the millennium with Jesus Christ. After the millennium, then there will be a judgment of the whole world. And then we shall be with Christ forever and ever. But Jesus, in the book of Revelation, he gave us another sign. Let's hear what Jesus said. Revelation 1 verse 1. The Bible said, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. To all things that he saw, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. And keep those things which are written in, in it, for the time is near. Now, when I stop here, you see that the book of Revelation that we, uh, we see or we have in our Bible, which many people don't read, they are afraid of it or they don't think it's necessary. The Bible tells us it's the revelation of Jesus. So if you want to know Jesus more, you want to understand his kingdom. You want to know what he has spoken concerning all the times from the time he left or he, he, he ascended. Okay, till the time he comes, you need to also understand the book of Revelation. Because he said, blessed is he who reads and understands, and who are also what? Who keep the words of this book. He is not speaking to the world, because the world, do not, when they see it, they read it, they will not even understand. But he's speaking to a people who have believed in his name, that blessed are you when you read this and understand it. And blessed are you when you hear the words of this prophecy. And those who also keep, how do we keep the things that are written when we are doers of the word of God? When we teach what the word of God says and not what our, our mind says or our, some doctrines which is not consistent with divine truth says, you know, some people will believe everything. Um, they say we belong to a denomination. So if my denomination is saying something that is not truth, that is not in the word of God, it's fine. I will believe it. Some people do believe that. But if it is not consistent with divine truth, how can you believe it? Because the Bible tells us the truth shall set you free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So the Bible is telling us that this book of Revelation is for Christians. It's for the saints and servants to know the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so in, this all, in all these uh, uh, entire uh, chapters of Revelation, a lot of things happen in there. A lot of things were written. John saw a lot of things by the grace of God. And he gave us two, or he gave us another sign. He wrote about another sign, which was shown him for the blessing of the church, for the blessing of the servant of God, not for the world, but the blessing of the, uh, the church of Jesus Christ. And what he shared, I want us to read together. One of the signs that I want to, I want to bring to your attention in this teaching it's in Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11. If you are tuning in now, 
um, you are listening to Prophet John Taylor Anoche, a pastor of World Wide Word Ministries uh, in Ancaster, Ancaster, Ontario. Uh, we are talking about discerning the signs of the times. And we are learning two signs Jesus gave to us. The first sign we, we, we learned about or we have talked about uh, earlier is the fig tree. Now we are going to learn a second sign. Understand this sign. This is for us. It's for us to understand it. It's for us to keep the word of God. And the Bible says, blessed is the man who reads this prophecy. So if you have not read it before, if you have not even opened the book of Revelation before, you are going to hear it for the first time. If you have and you did not understand this chapter, let's go into it together. And I believe that by the grace of God, you will get a deeper and a better understanding of it. Now, I will start from verse 1. Revelation chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible says, Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar and those who worship there. But leave out the court, which is, the house, which is outside the temple. Do not measure it, for it has been given to Gentiles. They will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. So 42 months is also, uh, when you bring it into years, it's 3.5 years. 3.5 years. So God is telling us that in the last, the last seven years of the age, the last seven years of the age, 3.5 years activities, some, a lot of activities shall happen in Jerusalem. It shall happen in the Holy Land, which is Jerusalem, the holy city. Now, verse 3 is where I want you to pay attention to that sign Jesus gave to us. Verse 3. That is the beginning of the sign. Verse 3 says, I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. The God of the earth. Verse 5. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood, to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Verse 7, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of this great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Verse 9. Then all, then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, nations, will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. I want to stop here in the verse 10. And I want us to talk about these two prophets, these two prophets who are signs to the church of Jesus Christ. 
um, if you go on YouTube and you talk about the two, you Google or you YouTube two witnesses, you will hear 10,000 uh, teachings about them. But let's look at the test itself and see something important in the test that speaks to our generation. What, what do we see in this test that I'm reading that says that we are the, uh, this prophet will come in our time, in our, in our generation? What shows that? I want to point that place to you. Now, let's leave from verse 3 all the way to um, verse 8. Let's leave them. Let, I will not talk about them in a second. I will not talk about them. But let me consider the verse 9 and 10. The verse 8, it says that when they finish their testimony, when they finish their prophecy, the prophecy that God has given to them, whatever was put inside of them to, uh, to bring into the world, to prophesy and to tell the nations of the world. God says, when they finish everything, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit, which, who is, which is the Antichrist. So the Antichrist, the man of sin, the, the son of perdition, is the one that comes from the bottomless pit. The Bible says he will make war against these two prophets and he will kill them. So first and foremost, what you need to understand is this prophet are not some spirit that will be flying in the air as some people allude to or people think. Because spirit will not die. You can't kill a spirit. So it means that this prophet are humans. They are people you like you and I. They are prophets. They are human beings that can be killed by another. If they were spirit, they cannot die. Even our Lord Jesus Christ, he had to be born he had to come in, in, in our likeness as a flesh, be born like you and I. So why would he send uh, messengers on earth or prophets on earth and they are some spirit who, cannot, who can just, they, they cannot die. That is not true. These are men who are like us. And the Bible says when they die, they, they, when they finish their testimony, they will be killed. And this beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them. And the Bible says the nations of the world People, tribes, tongues, nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. Now think about it, uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Think about it, people of God. How can in the days of maybe in the 1800s, early 1900s, you, we didn't have this interconnectedness we have now. We didn't have internet. We didn't have Skype, WhatsApp. We didn't have in YouTube and all these things that we have in our days now. So in their days, in 1900s, early 1900s, 1800s, they did not, the servant of God, the, pro, the, uh, the pastors and the saints did not understand this prophecy. How this prophecy can be fulfilled? They, did, they could not understand it. But in our days, we understand how this prophecy can be fulfilled. How can we understand? Somebody will be telling me, tell me, show me how this prophecy can be fulfilled. The Bible says when this prophet died, the whole world will see their dead bodies in a place. Now we have internet. We have YouTube live, Facebook live, Instagram. We have uh, WhatsApp. Now we have the platform. You see, God was speaking about a platform that will come upon the face of the earth. And when that platform comes upon the face of the earth... There will be two messengers who are prophets. God will send to prophesy to a people. Their ministry will be not only to uh, in the three and a half years, 
I believe that they will have a ministry before the, the, the three and a half years, which is the latter years, okay? And the Bible says when they die, everybody will see them. Now, they must be popular. They, they will be popular. They will be popular for the world to know them and see them, for the world to know that indeed these two prophets are prophets of God who keep prophesying and things happen on the earth. So they will be known in the world. They will be known across Christian circles and across the world, the circles of the world. People who like them, people who don't like them, they will hear about them. And the Bible says that when they finish their testimony, then the Antichrist will make war, will come against them and kill them. And the world will see it. That means somebody somewhere, people will be doing live streaming. We will have CNN live. We will have BBC live. We will have Al Jazeera live. We will have uh, CBC. We will have all this news, news and media outlet covering this event that will happen on earth. It will happen in one city, one place. But the Bible said the whole world will see it and they will rejoice. Now look at what happens on earth now. It, uh, I, the best example I can use is when um, uh, the former president of America, Trump, during the election between Trump and Biden, when everything, when they were counting the, the vote and everything, I w I'm in Canada here. We were watching it. We were seeing it live. When uh, they were doing their inauguration, people watched it live all across the world. It was the, it's like an instant thing. As it is happening, you are watching it. As it happened, it's not like this is recorded 15 years or 10 years or 3 months and then you watch it later. No, as it is happening, as it's happening, you are watching it. You are hearing everything. This is what is happening, especially look at what happened, what's happening in Ukraine now. We are seeing live events. We are seeing live events happening. I remember when uh, uh, the Palestine, uh, I think the Israel last year, when they were shooting uh, missiles into the land and they had all these uh, rocket interceptors. And as they shoot the rocket, you, you, we were watching it as they were, they were shooting it. And they will intercept the rocket. Now look at what is happening in Russia and Ukraine. We are seeing all of all these events happening live. It is not recorded for uh, maybe two, three weeks before we get to watch it. As it is happening, we are watching it. So God gave us a sign to the church of Jesus Christ, to the body of Christ that when you guys see a platform like this, you have, you have a platform like this, then there will be a two prophet who will be on earth. And you would have been that generation who sees that platform, it, it tells us that that generation is closer to the, the time of the Antichrist, the coming of the Antichrist, and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ on earth, or to the earth to redeem us. It, that is the sign Jesus gave to us. This is the internet, 100% complete, that a man or two people will die, and they will be famous, and the whole world will see it. Imagine the the the, the uh, I think uh, the royalty one of the pe people from England uh, the man who died I don't know if it was last year or this year sometime he died the man um, when he died I think the husband of the uh, of the of the queen all of us saw it we heard it as it as it as it unfolded so we are that generation that we see these two prophets if we we are that generation who we see these two prophets minister, then we are that generation that we see the coming of Jesus Christ. Because these two prophets, whether they have a, a couple of years ministry before the last three and a half years, the last 42 months or not, when we, we, we have this platform 
we are the generation that we see the coming of Jesus Christ. Because in the Revelation chapter, when I continue to show you uh, verse 10, 11, and 12, the Bible says that, let me read the verse 10. Now, and those who dwell on earth will rejoice over them. Revelation eleven ten. Make merry and send gift to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on earth. You ask me, how can they, how can they, how can we send gift to one another? Now we have, we have the means to send gift to one another within three and a half days. Go get Amazon Prime and you, you buy something, delivery one day, delivery one and a half day, delivery two days, you will get it. So God was so prophetic and specific. He gave us this amazing sign. Now, what happens when these two prophets die? The whole world sees it. After three and a half days, what happens? Now, hear what happens. The Bible says, now, after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them. They stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in the cloud, and their enemies saw them. Verse 13. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake and a tent of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second war is past. Behold, the third war is coming quickly. Verse 15. Then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his office Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their face and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged and that you should reward your servants, the prophet and the saint, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven. The ark of his covenant was seen in his temple, and there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, earthquake, and an earthquake, and great hail. So, these two prophets, the Bible says, when we see them, and I will talk further. We will go into deeper things or uh, uh, spend time to talk about this two prophet as a sign, what has been written uh, maybe in the subsequent uh, series, in the subsequent teachings. But I, I want you to understand this for today. The Bible says that these two prophets, in the days of their prophecy, they will be, they will be wearing a sackcloth. The Bible says and the sackcloth, it is not physical wearing like you wearing your clothes, I believe. This is a spiritual vision, a revelation Johnny seen. So he saw them wearing sackcloth. And sackcloth, in biblical times, and the understanding is for mourning or for wailing, you know, lamenting, and also uh, pleading with God for something. The pleading with God. Daniel 9, Daniel wore a sackcloth to plead for his people. Uh, the, Jew, uh, the, uh, the people of Jews who were in Babylon, he was pleading on behalf, on their behalf before God, that God would have mercy upon them. He was repenting their sins and his sins before God, wearing sackcloth. In the, in the, in the book of Jonah, 
when Jonah prophesied that the doom was coming to the people of Nineveh, the king and his subjects, they wore sackcloth and they put ashes on themselves and they were mourning and begging, seeking God's forgiveness and mercy. So this prophet, in the days, the Bible tells us that there are olive trees and two lamb stands standing before the God of the whole earth. Where do we see this also in scripture? Where has the Bible revealed that prophet persons can be olive trees and they can also be lampstands? Because we know from the, the book of Matthew that Jesus said, we are the light of the world. Anyone who lights a lamp does not put it under a table, but they put it under or, or put it on a lamp stand that it gives light to those who are in the house. So, in the Bible, we understand that we are lambs, we are lights. But the Bible is telling us that these two prophets, they are lampstands. If they are lampstands, then they must carry someone. They must carry lambs. So, who are the lambs they carry? So, the Bible says there are two lampstands. They stand before the God of the whole earth. Who is the God of the whole earth? Our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So these two prophets, they stand before God of the whole earth. And they are two olive trees. What does an olive tree do? What do we get from olive trees? Oil. Oils are produced from olives. So this prophet, what God is using these symbols to speak to us is that this prophet will be anointed of God. They will have power that has been given to them by the Almighty God. An anointing. So, uh, they are olive trees and there is their lampstand. So, they will produce or they will supply. There is a God will give them an ability to sustain his, his church. Just like Moses was given an ability to, to sustain the people of Israel. You know, in the book of Numbers, Moses asked God, Lord, why do you say that I should carry these people? They are not my family members. I don't know them. Why are you saying that I should carry them? God says, I ask you to carry them on your bosom as a parent, a guardian carries their child. So these two prophets will carry their child just like Moses carried Israel in his bosom as a parent or a guardian carries their child. So these two prophets are a sign given to us. And when we understand their sign, we will understand their time. And their time is that when you see that platforms, that enables the world to see events as it happens, then we know that there is a likely that the two prophets are on earth. Or there is a likely that we are getting closer and nearer to the time of the tribulation. There is one way, it, it has to be one way or the other. When we, we right now we have the internet, we have uh, the social media, turned out you can see everything. And it, it should tell us that either those two prophets are already here or they are preparing to minister. I pray that you have been blessed by this broadcast. You are listening to Prophet John Taylor Anoche. I'm the pastor of Worldwide Word Ministries in Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. You can follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Prophet John Taylor Anoche, Instagram, and also visit our website, worldwidewordministries.ca. So God bless you wherever you listen to us from. I pray that God will bless you and what you have received. No devil, no spirit will be able to get into your heart 
to take it out. May the light of Jesus shine upon you today. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen.